met and the needs of the church met and abundantly met in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we pray for those in the Philippines. We pray for those who have lost loved ones that you would comfort them by your Holy Spirit. We pray for all of the good organizations that are gonna go in there and, and uh, help folk, Samaritan's Purse and others that will go in there and, and do a wonderful job helping to restore. And we just ask that you'd comfort, comfort and help as only you can in Jesus' name, amen. Well, ushers, go ahead. You can receive the tithes and offerings now if you would. And uh, we'll get into the word of God. And it's always good to get into the word of God. Let's open to uh, Hebrews, the first chapter, if you would, while they're receiving the tithes and offerings. Hebrews, the first chapter. Uh, Have you noticed that people are getting shot these days in the United States? Shot in malls, shot in airports, shot in schools, shot in churches. Have you all noticed that over the last several years? All the massacres in the schools and the other day a shooting in an airport, malls, you know, people going in there just shooting people like they're out hunting in the woods, you know. Uh, Churches, it's, 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 it's not good. So we live in a very dangerous time. And so what I've been impressed to talk about today is, is angels, the ministry of angels. And uh, they're very real. And so uh, you can't see them, but they're there, you know. And so we want to talk about that today and, and share some things with you about angels. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, Hebrews 1, 14, the Bible says, are they not all, are they not all? Now this is talking in the context of angels. Okay, so if you took the time and read you know, the the verses here, all of them, you'd see that this is talking about angels. Are they not all, notice, ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? So they're ministering spirits. They're sent forth by God to minister to those who will inherit salvation. And so they minister for the saints of God. They minister on behalf of the saints of God. Notice it says there who will be heirs of, are those who will inherit salvation. You could make good argument, certainly, that the angels didn't just start working on your behalf once you got born again, but that they were working for you from the time that you were born in, into the earth. Uh, I like to say this, that, that a lot of Christians... Uh, before they got saved, if it wasn't for the angels, they wouldn't have lived long enough, you know, because of riotous living or whatever, you know. Thank God the angels kept you safe long enough where you could get saved, you know. And uh, and then when you get saved, then they, then, then they work for you as well. And uh, they're there to minister on your behalf and to help you. Uh, now, in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3, if you look at the next chapter, chapter 2, verse 3, the Bible says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Now, certainly, there's no question that that's talking about Jesus' redemptive work, you know, on the cross through his death, burial, and resurrection. 
But also if you look at the context of where this verse is sitting, it's sitting in the context of, of the writer here of Hebrews is talking about angels. So you could also make argument and good argument that this verse could be saying, and I'll put it in my own words, how shall we escape? How shall we escape the, the dangerous times we're living in if we neglect so great a salvation as God has provided through the angels? And I believe good argument could be made for that. You know, God has sent angels to minister on our behalf, but if we're ignorant, you know what the word ignorant means? It means unlearned. The Bible says that my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. If we're not knowledgeable concerning the ministry of angels, then we'll neglect. We can neglect that ministry. They're ministering spirits. And if we neglect that ministry, the Bible says we won't escape. We won't escape, but God wants us to escape. He wants us to escape. You know, he doesn't want us to get shot in the mall. He doesn't want us to get shot in church. I'm going to share this story now so I don't forget to share it later. I remember when I was a kid, I say kid, I was probably about 20, 21 years old, and I met this minister. Uh, his name is Terry Mize. And, uh, and, and he had a story, and it's a, it's, it's a true story, because uh, I'd heard it, different televangelists had shared it on, on, uh, on, on the air and whatnot, but I got to meet this guy, and I got to actually drive him around in my car, because he was, he was ministering at the church I attended at the time, and he knew the pastor of that church, and so I got to ride around in the car and, and, and talk with this guy, and uh, he, he's a missionary down in... Uh, in Mexico, and uh, he had crossed over the, the border, and he was ministering there. And uh, and uh, as it went along, this this hitchhiker was out hitch, hitchhiking, and he picked the guy up. And as they and I'm putting this in my own words, giving you the fast version of it, uh, the guy pulls a gun on him in the car, and tells him to get out of the car. And so Terry Mize pulled off to the side of the road, turned the car off, got out of the car, and they met up at the front. And the, uh, the fella with the gun said, I'm going to kill you. And Terry Mize said, you can't kill me in the name of Jesus. And the guy said, well, I'm going to kill you. He said, give me all your money, et cetera, and then I'm going to kill you. And, and so Terry Mize said, nope, uh, you can't kill me in the name of Jesus. Long story short, the man, point blank, six times shot. Point blank, couldn't miss. Barney Fife couldn't miss. You know who Barney Fife is? Couldn't miss, six of them. And he said all six of, six of them, all six bullets, point blank range, just a couple of feet away, he said all six of them went right between his legs. Can you say Amen. Now, what Terry Myers told me, he said that, that, that during the time that that was going on, prior to just when the guy pulled a gun on him in a car, he said to the Lord, he said, he said, now, I, he said to the Lord, now, I know that you won't violate somebody's free will. So we can't keep him from shooting at me. But the angels are here, and I charge the angels to do something with the bullets. Did you hear me? And angels did something with the bullets. Yeah. 
Glory to God. Now that beats getting shot and dying right there in front of your car, doesn't it? Now you can believe that or not. It's that, you know, the Bible's still true. But I know the man told me that. And I mean, I'm, you know, I'm just freaking out. What do you know? But he, he went home to his family instead of going six feet in the ground. Isn't that wonderful? The ministry of angels. Now, if he wouldn't have known anything about angels, very likely he would have been, been killed there that day. So we need to understand some things about angels. Would you like me to teach you a few things about them? So let's, let's, let's go on here and talk about, so how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Let's talk about angels here. First of all, Psalm 148, verse 2. Let's, let's just, just take some time here and just teach you about angels. Psalm 148, verse 2 says, Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you stars of light. Praise him, you heaven, uh, heavens of heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord for he, that is God commanded and they were, they were created. Now, certainly that applies to the sun, the moon and the stars and so on. But also in verse two, it talked about his angels. See, he commanded and they were created. From my study of scripture, the angels were created by God all at one time he, with his word. He spoke his word and they were created. And there are, there are a lot of them. The Bible talks about an innumerable company of angels. Now, God certainly can number them, but man in, a, in our finite capability cannot number the angels. You know, God has plenty of angels to go around to help everybody upon the earth. Now, as you study the scripture, you see, I'll make a few statements about angels, but I just want to talk a little bit more about the different, or I want to mention some things about the different kinds of angels. You see cherubim in the Garden of Eden to protect the tree of life. You see seraphim, they guard the throne of God. Uh, and then you have the heavenly host, which I guess we would call these ordinary angels if there is such a thing as an ordinary angel. And then you have Michael. He was over the war department and still is over the war department of heaven. He's known in the Bible as the archangel. Uh, he also has a special assignment to protect Israel. Uh, Gabriel over the communication department of heaven. And Lucifer, he was over the worship department. And he fell and he became Satan, didn't he? And the Bible says he drew a third of the angels and a third of the angels went with him when he rebelled against God. And of course, they were cast out and they're known as fallen angels. And people have asked me over the years, you know, they say, well, you know, what's the difference between the fallen angels and the demons? And some people think that the fallen angels are the demons. Some people don't think that the fallen angels are the demons. Uh, one thing I will note that from scripture, you see that the fallen angels are locked. The Bible says in chains of darkness under hell, there's a special holding area underneath hell. It's called Tartarus in the Greek. It's a special holding place where the angels are locked in chains of darkness underneath hell. And one day the saints will judge the fallen angels, you see. 
And, and Paul said, no, you're not, that you shall judge angels. Remember that? And so we won't be judging the holy angels, but we'll be judging, uh, apparently, the uh, fallen angels. But, you know, people want to know, are the fallen angels the same as the demons? And, and if not, where did the demons come from? And, and so I'm talking about angels today, not demons. I don't necessarily think the fallen angels and the demons are, are the same. You could make argument either way. But either way, we have authority over all of them in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So we'll just leave it at that. Now, some Bible facts about angels. So we talked about the different kinds of angels. Some Bible facts about angels. Uh, angels don't marry like human beings. There's no procreation with angels. You know what you know what I'm talking about? In, in other words, God made Adam and Eve. Is that right? Is that correct? And then the human race was procreated through through uh, you know sexual relations and so on and so forth. Is that correct? Is that right? But the angels are different in that God, what do we read a moment ago? He commanded and they were created. So there are no, there is no procreation with angels. So evidently all the angels that have been made were made at one time. God made them. He's big enough. He can do that. Is that right? And uh, so there's no baby angels. There's no fat little, angels are not fat little babies with wings. Like you see a lot of times painted on a, you go in a, a Sunday school somewhere, you know, or a nursery or whatever, and they'll have angels they're like fat little babies with wings how many of you know they're not fat little babies with wings do you ever notice how hollywood portrays things do you ever notice that that hollywood will portray the devil as is that right and they'll portray angels as fat little babies with wings or clarence you remember clarence on it's a wonderful life but the, the truth is just the, the opposite of that. Actually, now, now demons are bad, bad things, all right. They're bad, bad things. But the, the people who have, have, that I have confidence in that say they've seen demons over the years, ministers that I have confidence in, uh, one minister said they appear like little apes or little monkeys, monkey type things and 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 or baboons or whatever i i don't know but uh and then the different ministers that i've listened to over the years who i have confidence in that have said they've seen angels the angels have all been 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 pretty pretty big pretty tall you know or awesome looking and so we have to remember that hollywood for the most part is run by the devil is that right is that right and so, so there, you know, the devil's going to portray himself as some awesome, you know, and, uh, and portray angels as little fat little babies with wings. But, you know, it's, it's just not that way. It's just, it's just the opposite. The angels are the majestic beings, you know, and the, the demons are just, they're little imps, you know. But we need to take them seriously. I don't run out looking for demons. I run with God. How about you? And when, if and when the demons show up, if we're submitted to God, we can resist them in Jesus' name and the Bible says they'll flee. Is that right? Is that correct? Is that correct? But don't misunderstand me. Demons are bad, bad deals, bad things. You don't, I mean, they're bad, bad things. But thank God we have authority over them in Jesus' name. Amen. And I could talk for hours on that, but we'll stick with angels here today. I'd rather talk about angels and God than the devil anyway. How about you? Now, uh, let's see here. Some angels have wings and some don't, as you study the scripture. 
And I want to tell you that, you know, I mentioned him a moment ago, every time a bell rings, an angel doesn't get their wings, unlike what happens on It's a Wonderful Life. (laughs) You understand that? And here's something else you need to know. Christians, when they die, do not go to heaven and become angels. Do you understand that? But that's another thing you'll hear. Well, God needed another little angel up there. No, 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 no. We'll see in a moment that, that, that a, a person that's born again outranks angels in the spiritual uh, hierarchy that God has. You understand that? And, and so we don't become angels. We're human beings. You understand that? We're in a whole different class than what the angels are in. Uh, also, too, may, uh, angels can appear as men. Now, now in the Bible, in the Bible, you don't, and here's something else that's just an interesting fact. You never see angels in the feminine gender. You never see angels in the feminine gender. Always masculine. Now, I'm not going to get into an argument with anybody over that. That's just my observation. But also, too, they can apparently appear as men. You see that in the Old Testament. Remember with Abraham, didn't? Didn't the angel, there were, there were two angels and then one of them was, I believe the Lord himself went in there to talk to Abraham. Remember that before they destroyed Sodom. Is that correct? Is that correct? And uh, so, and they appeared to Abraham as, as, uh, as, as, as men. And the Bible, it's interesting. The Bible says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Is, is that right? And so, but the thing about that is, you need to study that out very carefully. And, and I'll just, I could take an hour on this, but I'll just sum it up in my own words. Um, it, it, I mentioned a moment ago that fellow picking up that hitchhiker, you know. Uh, he probably wasn't being led by the spirit when he picked the guy up. God probably didn't want him to pick the guy up. I would tell anybody, don't pick up a hitchhiker. Just don't do it. If, if you feel strongly in your heart that you're supposed to help that hitchhiker, just uh, call him a cab. Did you hear me? Did you, hear, did you understand what I'm saying? Um, if somebody comes to your door and knocks on the door and they want to come in, it, it, don't let them in. Yeah, unless, you know who, unless you know who they are. You know. <laughs> you know, if you don't know who they are. What I'm trying to protect you from is this, is sometimes people think, well, I better let them in. They might be an angel that God wants me to entertain. No, no, no. If you study the scripture, you'll find, if you really took some time, you'll find and you'll see that God will never put you in a position of danger whereby you'd have to entertain an angel or potential danger. Did you hear what I just said? Okay, so, so, so don't pick up a hitchhiker. Don't let somebody you don't know in your house thinking it might be an angel. Just don't do that, okay? Uh, you know, because God isn't going to put you in a position whereby it, it, it might uh, put you in uh, danger. Uh, I'll give you an example of, of what happened to me one time. I don't know if it was angels or not, but I was at this certain church I attended uh, back years ago. It was after a service one evening. Two fellows came. Uh, they just, they just, uh, we, the, the, the service was over. The pastor dismissed the service and the pastor and I were there alone. And, and, uh, all of a sudden there was two, two fellas standing at the pastor's office. 
Now, I don't know. We didn't hear them come in. We don't know how they got in. The doors were not locked, but I don't know how they got in. They were there and they wanted some help. Now, we weren't, the pastor and I were, we were there together, no danger at all. Then they wanted some help. And the pastor said to me, you know, go in to the petty cash and, you know, give them, give them 20 bucks or something, which, which, which we, we did. And, and they thanked us. And then they, they turned as a small, small building. They turned and they walked out the front door and, and it happened so quick, but the pastor said, you know, he said, uh, brother Terry, I think we need to, uh, I don't know, he wanted to give him a little bit more or something or something like that. I forget what it was right now. And he said, go get him." And I started running over toward the door. Okay. And they walked out the door and the door clicked. And I went, I mean, I couldn't have been just, just, I mean, I went out right behind them. <laughs> they were gone. I, now that, you know, I don't know where they could have went. I, I mean, was it angels? I don't know. But you see there, if, if it was, then we entertained some angels, you know. Now, what are they going to do with the 20 bucks? I don't know. 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 I don't want to get into that. But I'm just saying that God will never put you in a position of, of potential danger if, if angels are involved. Are you okay with that? All right. So we could go on and on with that. But... but um, Anyway, uh, holy angels worship God. They won't receive worship from man. They can bring blessings from God. They can also bring God's judgment. Angels can, uh, did you know angels can bring a message from God and even direction from God? Uh, you remember Zacharias? The angel brought him word concerning the birth of John the Baptist. Is that right? Angel appeared to Mary concerning, about, concerning the birth of Jesus. Now, I mean, on that one, you'd need an angelic appearance, wouldn't you? You know, you're going to get pregnant. You've known not a man. I mean, it, you know, and, and you know who else really needed an angel to show up was Joseph. Is that right? For him to believe that whole thing. Is that correct? You know, that his wife is pregnant and he had, you know, she's never known a man. I mean, so, so God's good. Is that right? And so he helped him out. And, but, but they brought a message to Mary, to Joseph, uh, remember there were angels going on there and, and, and ministering at Jesus' tomb after the resurrection. Is that right? Philip, in the midst of a revival in Samaria, an angel appeared to him and said, go out into the desert. Remember that? He ministered to the Ethiopian eunuch who took the word of God in the gospel back to Ethiopia. And evidently, a lot of people got saved. Remember Paul before the shipwreck. Remember an angel of God stood by him and had a word uh, to share with him. But, but know this, if an angel did appear to you and give you a word, it better line up with the scripture. Is that right? With the word of God? Because if it doesn't line up with the word of God, then it wasn't, it wasn't an angel of God. Also remember this, that the Bible says that Satan himself can appear as an angel of light. Is that right? Is that correct? Did you ever notice these people that die and have these after-death experiences, which I believe a lot of them are true? And you, and, and, and you know, the Bible says God is light. Is that right? So a Christian that dies sees a light. That doesn't that doesn't bother me. You see God. You, you understand what I'm saying? But I know of heathens. You know what I mean? Heathens, people, unsaved people. They die and they see a light. Well. They can't be seeing the same light. Is that right? But the Bible says that, that the devil himself can appear as what? An angel of light. Is that right? So we need to, when it, when it comes to angels and things like that, we need to be real watchful and be sure everything lines up with the word of God. Is that right? Now, are you getting anything out of this? Now, let's just talk a little bit about, about spiritual rank, and then we'll talk about your angels and, and how to activate them. Uh, 
but in God's authority system, the way he is, his ranking of authority system in his creation, the, the, the greatest rank you can have is to be a human being that's born again. A human being that's born again. And, and the Bible talks about he made man a little lower than himself. Now, if you read the King James, it says that God made man a little lower than the angels, but the actual translation of the word angels there is not angels, it's Elohim, our God. God made mankind a little lower than himself and crowned him with glory and honor. Isn't it interesting that God's number, does anybody know what God's, now I'm not into numerology and all that, but there there is a truth in numbers in the Bible, there is a truth in it. And God's number is seven. And did you know what the number of man is? Six. So a little lower than seven. Is that right? Just thought you'd, you know, you'd be interested. Did that interest you at all? Okay, well, you might be on a game show sometime and that might come in handy. Bible trivia. And then you see, God is the most high. Is that right? How many of you know he wasn't created? He, he always has been, always is, always will be. Is that right? And then he made man in his own likeness and image. Is that correct? And so man, he made man just a little lower than himself. And he made man, man, I'm talking about men and women, he made man in his class. And then the angelic beings rank underneath, underneath human beings, okay? The holy angels. Now, it's interesting, something you need to understand. The Bible says, bless the Lord, you his angels who excel in strength. The Bible also, so that's in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, the Bible says, whereas angels who are greater in power and might. Do you need to understand that angels are, are stronger than we are? They, they excel in strength more than what we have. They're greater in power and might than what we have. But we outrank them in authority. Real loud say authority. authority. In authority. Do you understand? Did you get what I just said? So they're stronger than we are. They excel us in strength and in power and might, but they don't outrank us in authority. It's God and then saved mankind. And then underneath that, you have the holy angels. And then underneath that, you have Satan, the fallen angels, the demons, you know. And then underneath that is unsaved mankind unsaved man how do i prove that didn't jesus look at a bunch of people that weren't saved and he said you are, are of your father the the devil so if you know the the father would outrank satan would outrank then and the fallen angels and demons would outrank unsaved man that, that'd be a good reason to get saved right there because you, know, you don't want want the devil up over you is that right and then underneath unsaved man then you have the animal kingdom so anyway much we could say about that let's go to matthew eighteen ten. let's talk about guardian angels Matthew 18.10. Those were just some interesting things about angels that I thought you'd enjoy. But uh, guardian angels. And there's much we, so much we could say. We take weeks with this. But I just wanted to give you one little condensed you know, message here where you could take it and apply it to your life. Um, and here's where you need to really start listening now, okay? Matthew 18.10. Take heed, Jesus speaking, that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that in heaven there ain't, notice, they're angels. They're angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. 
which would indicate to me that everyone here upon the earth would have at least two, at least two guardian angels, what I would call guardian angels. At least two, maybe, maybe more, but at least two. Isn't that good to know? So there's angels in here. There's spirit beings. They're in here. Even though we can't see them, they're here. How many of you are glad they're here? And I heard somebody make this statement. It's really good. And he said this, you don't lose your guardian angels just because you grow up. You know, he talked about here that these little ones, talking about little children, talking about their angels. You don't lose your guardian angels when you grow up. And actually, I'm going to, if they would in the in the sound booth, they have the scriptures I'm going to use. But let's go to the last scripture there, Luke 16:22. Luke 16:22. I can show you that your guardian angels stick with you all through your life, and that they're even there at the point of death. Notice this, Luke 16:22. So it was that the beggar died. Now this beggar, if you read the whole story, he was a saved individual, trusted in the Lord Jesus. So it was that he listened to Moses and the prophets who preached Jesus. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by by the angels to Abraham's bosom, which was a paradise, you know, much we could say about that, but to a place of comfort, carried by the who? Who carried him there? Angels. Now his body was buried upon the earth, but the angels took him and took him to the paradise, Abraham's bosom. So what happens to a Christian when they die? Well, your guardian angels are there and your spirit will come out of your body and guess what? Your guardian angels will get you. Won't that be wonderful? So you won't be alone when you die. Your guardian angels will be there and they'll, and they'll take you out. How's it work? I don't know, but they'll take you to heaven if you're, if you're saved. Is that wonderful? And then the Bible, if you want to read that next verse, said the rich man, now this rich man, he was a lost man, not because he had money, but because money had him. He didn't have time for Moses and the prophets who preached Jesus. He said the rich man also died and was what? Was buried. And then you can read on that, if you want to put the next verse up, says, and, and, uh, and was buried and in hell. And they can put the next verse up. So it was that the beggar died. Then he cried and said, Father, well, I don't know. Is that the next verse? The next verse is 23. And being in torments where? In Hades. So what happens to a sinner when somebody that's never received Jesus, what happens to them when they die? The Bible says in the Old Testament, hell from beneath is moved to meet thee at thy coming and stirred up the dead for thee. So you see, if you're, if you're a lost individual, you've never made the decision for Jesus Christ and received him. When you die, your spirit will come out of your body. The demons will latch onto you and, and you'll go to hell. Is that, is that horrible? Is that horrible? But if you're saved, if you're, if you're saved... Then your spirit comes out in your body. The angels get you, take you to heaven. Isn't that wonderful? Now then let's go back up here. It's, it's, I'll get that in in a second here. Uh, the Lord wants me to share something. I'll get to it in a minute. Just don't let me forget, okay? Uh, I, I, I gotta get it. Well, we'll just share it now. Is that okay? Is that okay? Uh, I remember, I wasn't going to share this, but I will. The Lord wants me to share it. Now, now, I don't want to freak you out, but just the Lord will speak to you right on the inside there. Okay, you understand that? And so he wanted me to share this. I didn't have my notes, but uh, I remember years ago when I was, uh, uh, I had just, 
I got saved as a young boy, but then I didn't go to church as I should for many years. And I got back going to church, you know, in this church out in the, in the Eureka Pacific area. And I began attending there and I wasn't as faithful as I should be. Now I always lived pretty, pretty clean and holy, uh, all my life, but I got in with the wrong person. You know, you can get into the wrong company and it can mess you up. And so I got in, in with this, this in, the wrong person. And so in the process of time, I wasn't living as close to the Lord as, as I knew I should. And my church attendance slipped. And when I did go, I wasn't really excited about going. And, and I, I was listening to some music I shouldn't have been listening to. And, and I was watching some things on television I shouldn't have been watching. And I was just drifting away from the Lord. And so I remember on a midweek service, I went to church and back in those days when I got away from the Lord, I'd leave my Bible in the car and I'd leave it there all week. And the only time I'd open it is Sunday morning and then Wednesday night if I went. And none of you've ever done that. Is that right? But anyway, I hadn't been walking with the Lord as I should. So I went into the midweek service. And I walked in there and I came in, I was, I was running a bit late, but I came in, the lights were dimmed down a bit. And they were worshiping the Lord, you know, and I walked in and the, I just noticed that, that, that when I was standing back there, as I walked in, the pastor kind of was looking funny. And I thought he was just, thought I looking at me funny. I thought it was just because I was running late. You know, he was giving me the evil eye or something, you know, but he wasn't. And then he kept, he just kept looking. I was standing back like in the back, in the back row. I was standing back. He, he kept looking back there. He kept looking back there and I thought, you know, I began to, I didn't see anything, but I mean, he, he, you know, I could tell he had his eyes fixed on something. So, so he stopped, the song came, the song came to an end. He said, uh, he said, he said, uh, brother Terry, he said, after the service is over, I need to see you in my, and he said, I need to see you up front here after the service is over. So how would you, (laughs) okay. So the, when the service was over, you know, and people were kind of milling around and kind of going out and whatnot, I came up front and I remember he had tear, tears in his eyes and he said, brother, he said, I don't know what's going on, but he said, he said, I saw a big angel standing up back over, over you, right over you. And he was weeping. He was weeping. Well, I knew right then I knew immediately what that angel was weeping over. Now, some people make argument that angels don't have emotion. Well, I know they can get angry and and I believe they can weep. They can sing. They can be joyful. I believe they can be sad. And that angel was sad because I wasn't walking right. I got in with the wrong crowd. I wasn't walking right with the Lord as I should. Well, that got my attention and I squared it up and I got back excited about the Lord and got back attending church as I should and got back serving the Lord. Have I been perfect since then to now? No, but I sure have been a lot better. Can you say amen? Thank God for the ministry of angels. Can you say amen to that? Well, it helped me in that, in that instance. Now, um, now notice here, Hebrews 1.14. Let's go there real quickly. I, I, I want to get these things in here. We already looked at this, but you need to see it again. Are they not all ministering what? Spirit sent forth to what? To minister for those who will inherit salvation. Is that right? So you've got guardian angels, at least two, and they're sent forth to minister to you. And they're with you from, I believe, from the time you're conceived in your mother's womb all the way until after you die and they take you right to heaven. Isn't that wonderful? 
and they're, they're, they're to minister for you. Minister on your behalf. Notice Psalm 91.11. Let's go there. Psalm 91.11. Let's go there. This is very pertinent today. I don't want anybody to get shot and killed, okay? For he shall give his angels what? Charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Is that good? In their hands they'll bear you up lest you what? Dash your foot against a stone. One version says, lest you stumble in your way. One, one way to say it, he doesn't even want you to stub your little toe. That's how much God cares about you and the angels are there to keep you in all your ways. Now, in Psalm 91, 11, the Amplified, they're gonna put that up on the screen, the Amplified, let's read it here. For he will give his angels a special charge over you to accompany and defend and preserve you in all your ways of what? Of what? Of of obedience and service. Now, does that mean the Lord won't have the angels? Does that mean the angels aren't there to protect you when you get out of, out of line? Now, I believe the angels are there to protect you, all right, but you need to listen to me. Unsaved people don't know any better, is that right? And so God will help them in their ignorance, is that correct? But if a Christian who knows better, I'm talking somebody like back there that when I was 20 years old, I didn't know that much about God and the things of God. And so I had gotten off course and God was still with me. The angels were still there. The one was weeping up over the top of me, you see, stand behind me. He was a big guy too, by the way, the pastor said. Be that as it may, if we know to do good as Christians, and we've been walking with the Lord for a good while, and then we decide, well, we're just going to go over here and sin for a little bit. You know full well that you, I mean, you've grown in the things of God and you're just going to go do your own thing and rebel against God. Then I believe you put yourself on shaky territory. Did you hear what I just said? So, so I don't want you to think you can just go live however you want and act however you want and act ugly and, and the angels are going to, I believe you can do, get yourself over on the devil's territory and the angels can be limited in what they can do for you if you, if you know better. Can, can you say amen to that? You okay? And then I like Psalm 91 verse 12 in the Message Bible. They'll put it on the screen. It says, if you stumble, they'll what? What will the angels do? They'll catch you. What is their job? To what? Keep you from falling. Is that right? And you know, the angels, they're great protectors. Remember, how many remembers Elisha and his servant? Remember that? They were surrounded by the enemy. How many remembers that? In the Old Testament, they were surrounded and the young, the young servant was all in a tizzy. And, and Elisha said, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Glory to God. I believe there's more angels than there are demons. Amen. Glory to God. And the Bible says Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes. See, angels are spirit beings. You can't see them with your natural eye unless the Lord was to permit you to do so. He said, I pray, open his eyes that he, that he may see. And then the Lord opened the young servant's eyes and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around. Glory to God. See, angels are mighty beings. Praise God. And I'm so glad that they're there. Now, a major key to having your angels active on your behalf, go to Psalm 103, verse 20. I guess if there's one thing that you need to remember out of this message above everything else, it's this next verse. I'm gonna close here in just a few minutes, but I want you to get this next verse. This is probably the most important verse on angels that I could share with you. 
Are, are you listening now? So, 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 so say, I'm listening. So this is, of all the things I'm going to say today, this one verse right here is the most, I think, important thing. Psalm 103.20, if you want the angels working on your behalf and you want them active and bless the Lord, you his angels who excel in strength, who do what? His what? His word, heeding the voice of his word. Listen, if you want the angels of God active in your life, if you want your guardian angels active, if you want them doing what they're, what they're supposed to be doing, if you want them doing their job, keep you from falling, then you need to realize this, that the angels will hearken to one thing and one thing only. And what is that? It's the what? The word of God. That's why you need to declare the word of God. You need to speak the word of God before you go out driving what, what, what's, or, or, or flying or whatever the case may be. Uh, uh, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Angels, I charge you with the word of God to protect me in all my ways. You've been given charge over me to keep me in all my ways. Your job is to keep me from falling. So I charge you with the word of God that no weapon formed against me will prosper. Do that. My goodness. And the angels will come to attention and they'll be there to protect you. Glory to God. You okay? Now notice Acts 12, 5. Let's look at how this worked here in the early church. How do you activate angels? Do, do you do what? You declare the word of God. Now has God already given the angels charge over us? Yes. But they're there, but to activate them, you need to declare the word of God. Now I just shared one scripture about no weapon formed against you'll prosper, but there's other scriptures. Go into the word of God, find good protection scriptures. You know, there's a bunch of them in there and begin to declare those out of your mouth over you and your family and, and keep those angels activated. Now I did this with my mother. My wife will tell you, didn't I? I did this with my mother. I mean, as she was getting older, I mean, slips and falls, and it's a wonder she didn't fall, break her hip or worse or who knows what. But I would almost every day, I'd charge the angels of God because she lived back over here alone for many years. And I'd charge, you know, she's given, she'd been given angels too, you know? And I'd charge the angels just on a regular basis to keep her safe, keep her in all her ways, keep her from falling. And, you know, she, she made it through. Can you, can you say amen? Glory to God. Now, why could I do that for my mother? Because she was under my authority. Not only as, as me being her son, but she attended this church. I was, I was an Ember pastor, see? And so I was able to do it. And you parents can do that for children that are still under your authority, you see? I see, I'm talking serious stuff now. I don't want to get shot at the mall. I said, I don't want to get shot at the mall. I believe you can go into scripture and you can find that any ministry, any church or ministry that's, that's ordained of God, that's been placed by God, I believe that God sets an angel up over that ministry. I've discerned that angel that he's set over this. I've discerned that angel a couple of times over the years. Praise God. I like I, that angel. I set that angel charge that that anybody that come to burn the building down, that the angel won't allow it. Amen. Uh, 
I charge the angel that's assigned to this ministry, to this church, that before any gunman would enter, that the angel could appear to him. And you know an angel appear to somebody and scare the living daylights out of them, run them off. Is that right? That the angel of God that's been assigned to this ministry would get them before they ever came in the front door. Anybody that come here with a machine gun to try to kill us, that the angel of God would stand watch over the front doors, side doors, any of the windows, and keep that person or persons from coming in to do harm to anyone in this building in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Say, now why didn't you just ask God to do it? Because that's not not the way it works. He's already given his angels charge. Now we put them to work with the word of God. Now, you don't go around bossing angels around or commanding them. They're not there to be your butler. Say amen. But you charge them with the word of God. Are you okay? Now, notice here, Acts 12, verse 5, Peter was therefore kept in prison. Now, Peter's in prison. But what? But what happened? Constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Do you see that? Do you see it? Constant prayer. Now, study that word constant out. It means effectual and fervent. They were praying in line with the word of God. They were praying in line with the word of God and they offered it to God. The church was offering prayer for Peter. Now, watch what happens. When Herod was about to bring him out, that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers and the guards before the door were, keep, were keeping the prison. And behold, uh-oh, somebody's gonna go into action. The angel of the, now why did that angel go into action? It was because effectual, fervent prayer was being made by the church. Do you see that? Angel of the Lord stood by him and a light shone in the prison and struck Peter on the side and raised him up saying, rise quickly. And notice his chains fell off his hands and the angel said to him, gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did, angel told him to get dressed. And he, and he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know what was done by the angel it was real. He thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own own accord wouldn't that freak somebody out who did that probably one of the other angels that we didn't he didn't see i don't know and they went out and went down the street and immediately the angel departed from him what's the point what was peter glad the church was praying and they were praying effectively and fervently and they put the angel of god into motion praise god and peter was released from prison stand with me if you would praise god Trust you got something good out of this today. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, let's bow our heads and just close with a word of prayer. First of all, first of all, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, be sure that you make a decision for him before you.